proven that perfect community, you are in for a treat because I know that my community is full of boss women who, while we are humble and considerate of our limitations, many of us very spiritually guided and spiritually minded, and quite frankly, most of us pretty driven and motivated about the things that we want to do, we are the best candidates for the conversation that I am about to share with you. Um, so my guest, Natalie Johnson, is a bad, B-A-D-D-D woman who also answered the call for her own life when things were a bit out of teeter and jumped fearlessly into a business with her business partner, Natalie Johnson and Rebecca Johnson, not sisters, not actually related, but certainly connected in a much more (laughs) amazing way to bring this just phenomenal work to the world. It's called Vital Work. That's their business. And I don't want to be a spoiler. I want you to hear this gift um, of thinking about how we navigate our lives and also how we replenish ourselves. Just, um, you know, just bring an open mind to this conversation, right? Bring a notebook, bring a pen, um, bring your cell phone, take the notes. If you're walking, just be prepared to take some notes when you finish your walk or just whatever you're doing. You're driving, all the things, right? I hear from you that you do all the things when you're doing the podcast, but this is one with some nuggets, y'all, that you're gonna want to, um, you're gonna want to keep handy. Um, she's doing amazing work and I'm excited to share it with you. And there's a whole bunch of resources in the show notes, so I hope that you pick up on that too. All right, that's it from me. Proven not perfect, enjoy. Hey, Natalie. Hi, Chantra. Hi, it's so good to have you. I have to tell you, this was probably the most anticipated morning of my week. Yay! (laughs) Yes, girl. I'm going to tell you this. So I did a thing last week's Wednesday to Sunday. I was a teen mom chaperone at a teen leadership conference where 1,200 monsters, who we love, all descended upon Hollywood, Florida, and my nights went way later than my 9 p.m. go to sleep. And my mornings were way earlier getting other people together, right? <laughs> so I averaged like four hours of sleep. Fast forward to Monday to start this week in my big girl job, like literally exhausted exhausted every morning. My workout routine was blown. My, my ability to even find center and peace and catch up in myself, just blown. It's today that I'm finally feeling normal. And then I'm like, you know, what better way to start a conversation around our whole selves than with a personal experience that reminds me of how important this is. I'm going to read something to you and I just want to jump in. Okay. So this story is ready to be born seven years from the date of original inception. During these seven years, I returned to a corporate leadership role after listening to the voice of God in my life. Let me back up and tell you about the season before the story. I was at a crossroads. 
Would I continue on the path of career and corporate success, though at the cost of my family? Or would I give up what had become my identity and self-worth, climbing the corporate ladder? I'm grateful that I chose the blessed path to let go of corporate dreams and instead focus on my family. So Proven Not Perfect is the book that wrote me Mm -hmm. for many, many years. And it was through this process that I would get asked in my leadership to speak to groups of women, of men and women, of associations, of otherwise, of you're doing it all. How do you do it all? And all the things. And you know what? For a moment, I think I was like selling a bill of goods because mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it all. I was doing it all. Yes. But there was a backstory to doing it all. And I believe when I published this book in 2018, it relieved and released me mm-hmm. from this notion that we are intended to be someone on the front cover and someone different in the middle. How does what I just read to you, said to you, how does that resonate and why does it resonate for you and the work that you do? Chantra, thank you so much for for sharing that with me. I think, you know, one of the first things that comes up for me when you're reading that is, oh, I feel you. Because although I don't talk about it a lot in the work that I do, I feel like that's where I was when I was trying to make the decision of, do I turn this consulting thing into a real um, a real professional life for me? Or do I just keep on keeping on with this facade that I can do it all, that I can be a mom, I can be a wife, I can work full time as a leader, and I can do consulting on the side? Because I think a lot of times what was I wouldn't say leading me, but drawing me was this story that I'm doing it all and having conversations with other women and other people where they would say, gosh, how do you do it all? And I would get into this whole story. And it felt like eventually it felt like just a show. And I had a show that was um, all smoke and mirrors, really. And I had a moment in my own life where I was asked to be a participant in a training experience where I was asked the question, why? How are you showing up in your life right now to your children? How are you showing up in your life now to your husband? And how are you showing up in your life right now to the people and things that matter? And why? And it it that moment made me think, what is my purpose? Why am I doing this? Is it to show up for that fake smoke and mirror story that everybody thinks or questions about? How are you doing it all? And what impact is that having on my my husband and my kids and the things that I really love? And so that was maybe 16 years ago or so. And so when you read your quote from your book, I think, oh, yes, I feel you. I hear you. And I think Um, The other thing that comes up for me is I feel like today, specifically in the last year or two, we've actually, in general, in in, in my perception, made a little bit of progress around what doing it all actually looks like in redefining that. 
especially for women. And I think one of the things that helped us do that is we were all shocked and thrown off by COVID and forced to really take a step back and say, is this working? If it's not, how how can I survive this? And now we're kind of in this place of we have an opportunity to come back differently. And I think in conversations with people and clients, a lot more people, not all, but a lot more people are recognizing that. And so we're having some of those important conversations that we were never having before that are, what is your why? And what does great look like in your life? And if you are a mom and if you are a leader, what's the picture look like that feels good to you? That's not that story that's out there that you're trying to convince people of. So I'll pause there because that's the, those are kind of the first couple of things that came up for me. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's right. And I think, you know, we, this word became a really popular word even before COVID authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. That became a really popular word. However, I think before COVID, no one really, really knew how to match the word with reality. And I feel like post COVID to your point, yeah, you had that connection actually happen. Um, How do you, so when, when someone is corporately minded, leadership minded, business minded, and that really is their passion and also their family and their values and their mission is also their passion. Kind of like what you said, how do you help reconcile how to do it all? Because I feel like Vital Solutions, the work that you are leading um, with your partner um, is really driving that, right? Like it's it's created a little bit of a rubric for us to not only assess where we're living, um, how we're living there, but how to be more informed with the decisions that we make. Maybe tell let's let's talk a little bit about Vital Solutions and the work that you're doing because I think that's going to set the backdrop for the perspective that you're going to share with so many and bless so many too. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So we're right in the middle of um, a transition ourselves where we've really worked hard over the last year to try and really get a grasp on the work that we do and how we can communicate it in a way that people get it. Because I talk a lot and I'm full of words and I recognize sometimes I was confusing people with the work that we do. So we have recently transitioned over to, we've transitioned from vital solutions because solution sounds like we have a solution for you and it's going to be this thing that's going to fix everything, which is not true, um, to vital work, which is the work that is necessary to support people and organizations so that they can function at full capacity. And even those words function at full capacity. If you think about it um, in a way that I I think about, you know, function at full capacity in the old school way means we're going to go, 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 go. We're going to be at full capacity. And that's not what we're referencing. What we're referencing is that function at full capacity is what needs to be created um, in the environment for people to function in a way that feels um, trustful, uh, skillful, 
um, authentic, full, where people can really show up as true humans and feel like what they've created around them is supporting them in being able to show up at their full potential. And it is not it is not something that has an end game. In other words, something that's always been hard for me in my work as a previous human performance expert is that I've always wanted to hand somebody a solution and say, if you do A through D, you will get there and you will be done. And when you are supporting people in their work and in their life and in their passions and in this ever-changing world, there really isn't a finish line necessary. necessarily. It's a journey and each journey is different. Mm. And so a lot of the work that we do is viewed through this lens of making sure that we are discovering how we can create the conditions necessary in with each person and with each organization so that the conditions around them support them being able to show up as their true authentic self. And those conditions that need to be created Although focus on a lot of the same things, like a lot of individuals want better work and life balance, a lot of individuals are feeling overwhelmed, a lot of times, most of the time, the conditions necessary to allow people to show up as their real self, authentic and function at, you know, be able to work at their work and live at their full potential is different. And so this is kind of this thing we're balancing all the time, that it would be so easy in so many ways to say, we have this solution and it's kind of this cookie cutter thing that if you buy it or you invest in it, we can give it to you and you'll be good and we can move on. That would be easy. Yeah. And the truth is it's not possible. We don't believe it's possible. We really believe that in order to allow women in order, in order to allow individuals to be in a place where the conditions are set up in a way that they can grow, they can show up authentically. There's always different aspects that need to be focused on. And it's a continuing journey always. So we really put a lot of energy and a lot of our energy into the discovery process and asking those questions like what, what, you know, for individuals and for leaders, and even more importantly, the frontline staff, what is it that really gets in the way of you being able to take care of yourself? because a lot of people and even organizations think, well, the thing that gets in their way is they're not exercising enough or the thing that gets in their way is they need to eat better. Mm -hmm. And so what they do is they invest a lot into these wellness programs. That doesn't do anything because that's really not at the heart, I believe, of anyone for a while. They're not doing it. We all know we need to be doing that. But the conditions that people are working in do not support them feeling safe and comfortable in being able to go take care of themselves physically, mentally, or emotionally. So I'll pause there again. <laughs> now, I, well, like- I, I heard something. I heard journey. Yes. Which is huge, right? Because um, we start on these paths with a goal in mind. And by all means necessary, we're driven to the goal, right? And so there is even a little bit of exhale that comes when you change your orientation from my goals to my journey, right? There's a little bit there. I also think that um, especially post-COVID, where we have an environment where folks 
can work from home or have flex hours or in different places. To assume a hammer nail approach around what's going to help um, with productivity is less wise (laughs) because every single environment is different, right? Um, And so is is it the work of the company to decide that or is it the work of the individual to sort that out and how do they that to me it feels like that's where you guys come in so it's not just physical is what i'm hearing you say right they're absolutely they're, what yeah. would you say are the lanes um that that you guys focus on in vital work yeah so the the lanes that we focus on are that we have three different i'll call them different elements that we can potentially focus on in supporting individuals and organizations. So it's the individual energy of people. It is the connection on the teams and it is courage within leaders. So there's three different elements that we focus on. And what we find with our clients is the problem that they come to us with are often very, very similar. Everything from we have high turnover rate to people are burning out to we have ego and drama on teams to we have leaders with not a lot of training and command and control leadership. What we find on the backside of that through our discovery process is where we need to start actually can be very different. Um, Most of the time, I would say more than half of the time, where the real root cause lies is in the relationships of people. So are people trusting each other? Do they trust, have trust on their team? Do they have the skills to have really difficult yet engaging conversations? Is there psychological safety on the team? If not, what's contributing to that? And then the other part is a lot of organizations have some really great skilled leaders who have very little or no leadership training. So they know what needs to happen from a performance perspective, or they think they know but they don't know how to manage people. So they have the skills and they were promoted because they have great skills, but they've never been given any training on how to manage people. And that's the hardest part. So we typically start our support around connection of people and teams and courageous leaders. And then sometimes there's some individual energy and well-being sprinkled in because a lot of companies are really investing in trying to support people and well-being. And so we can meet companies where they are and be able to really um, incorporate what they've invested in into the direction that that we're going. And Chantra, something that you said really resonated with me around, um, you know, we really can't have this hammer and nail approach and that this is going to fix everything. But yet that's really where we're meeting. Our, that's that's really where the progress I feel like has stopped a little bit. The awareness of needing to do things different and the awareness of people and organizations recognizing this is our reset. This is our comeback. We need to do things differently. That I have seen is there now. That was not there before. Mm. What is not there is the mindset of, This isn't a six-month goal. This is something that you're going to focus on for the rest of your life, whether you're working or not. This is a journey. And so there isn't necessarily a goal. There is a vision. And so what we try to help individuals and organizations do is create what I always call is an internal navigation system of what that journey looks like. 
And so that that destination of where you want to go is not a goal, is nothing that now you can necessarily check the box, but that destination of where you're going is a vision of what it looks like when you show up as the best version of yourself and when the company is functioning at full capacity because you've created the conditions necessary for people to find their passion, for people to show up and work at their capacity, for people to live their um, life. Yes. Yes. Like, I mean, as I'm listening to you and thinking historically, right, we know that, you know, at a certain time in our history, people would start at a company, they Mm -hmm. would live at that company, that would become their extended family, and they would live and be at that company happily until they were were retired and no longer, right? Yes. And I have to tell you, a product of, you know, Gen X and all of the motivations that drove us into corporate and our ambition, I could never understand that. Yeah. Like, I would not have described the prior generation as, you know, not ambitious, lacking ambition, but I can't understand just being completely intellectually challenged and motivated at the same place for 50 years, right? Well, because certainly you lose the problems to solve. But I think when you take some of what you're saying and you roll the clock back, what I'm hearing you say is it was it was a whole concept in any case back then. It wasn't so much um this is work this is life they probably merged a little bit more right mm-hmm. and people probably found their actualization um you know within both systems in some way um very different way than i've thought about it before very different way does that make sense or am i like loony loony now for this one no i think i think you know gen x the way we grew up it was very, I think it was easier to live into this notion of work is work, home is home, you don't mix them. Mm. We don't get emotional at work, you don't bring your home problems to work, you keep them separate. I know I was always raised to believe work is work, that's where you get your income, home life is more important, but you keep them separate. And it was somewhat, you know, it wasn't um, really feeding into what people look like as their true authentic self or feeding into people's passions and what they really want to do. However, it was easier back then to do that because we didn't have this integration of technology. So when people went to work, they had to talk to each other. They had to communicate face-to-face. We didn't have the phones and the computers. And when you left work, nobody knew where you went. They couldn't find you. You weren't working from home. And so we had an environment that just made it easier to have that separation. But also, I think, as you mentioned, Chantra, that I think people realized, wow, but this doesn't feel um, authentic in some ways, but that's just the way it is. And people were able to do it more often. Today, I think there is still, unfortunately, an expectation in many organizations and with leaders to still have that separation. 
but it's absolutely not possible. And that really creates some barriers for people and organizations where they're trying to create this barrier between work and and life that doesn't exist and is not possible today. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's real. It really is real. All right. So tell me this. When you when you go to get filled up, um, how do you know that you're in a place of depletion, you personally? And then what are your sources for oh. and being more available for the goal or the work that you're doing? I love this question so much. Um, my business partner, her name is uh, Rebecca Johnson, and we're not related. We just coincidentally <laughs> have the same last name. That's crazy in a funny way. <laughs> yes. I married into the name. It's her maiden name. Um, we could not be more different. We are at the absolute end of the spectrum, different from each other. Everything from strength, skills, personality, preferences, everything. And one of the things that we recognized in each other before we became business partners was, wow. I mean, I would work with Rebecca periodically and I would just have this feeling of, oh my gosh, I need more of that. Like she has all those things that I just don't naturally have. And she would feel the same way. So when we first came into business together and formally created the partnership, one of the things that she was so good about having us do is we need to hear from each other what it looks like when you're overwhelmed. So what are some behaviors we should be on the lookout for in each other? Because we're so different, we might not recognize it in each other. And so we have that conversation at least once a year. And we also have the conversation more than once a year. What is the work that you're doing that really lights you up that you want more of? And what is the work that you're doing that you don't want more of and you want less of it? And because we have those conversations a lot, we're both, I think, and and you know, the seven people that we work with, we're all very clear on what it looks like when Natalie's overwhelmed. And what <laughs> like when Rebecca's overwhelmed. So for me, I know I'm overwhelmed because I start doing things um, for clients that not only don't make sense, but aren't good for business. So my examples are when I'm overwhelmed, you'll hear me trying to set up calls with clients while running through an airport Yeah. or um, I'll start setting up appointments and saying things like, okay, my plan lands at two o'clock and I'll have 30 minutes to get with the, from the Uber to the hotel. And then I can, I won't be able to check in, but I can find a room here. Like these things that as I'm saying them, I'm like, are you kidding? Like that is a huge risk to even think that's going to happen. But when I'm overwhelmed, I do that and yeah. I'll commit to that and I'll do that. So that's like the main thing. And so I hear myself do, I just did it this week. I hear myself doing that sometimes. And now I'm aware, take a step back. You need to create a boundary here. Maybe it's no, maybe it's, I can't do that. Maybe it's something else. And then, um, you know, for Rebecca, hers is different. Her ability to, and you didn't ask about Rebecca, but now I'm telling you. <laughs> I want to hear about Rebecca. Bring her on, bring her on. She's different. So she's very much a detail person. She needs details. It's the way her brain functions. She needs to see the steps in getting there. I don't need any of that. Um, so when her when she is overwhelmed, she only cares about the steps. And so what you might see in her is there there could be less warmness 
There's no asking questions about how you are, or what's going on, or what's you know behind the conversation with the client. It's let's get down to business and a checklist. And so it can sometimes feel a little bit cold, whereas I can feel really flighty to people because I'm running through an airport trying to log into a Zoom. Um, and so hers is very different because I don't think I, I would ever, I I would actually do the opposite with those details. When I'm overwhelmed, I don't care about them. And I start talking about people's cute outfits and (laughs) things that don't matter. So it's been so helpful to just have those conversations on a regular basis. So we know what each other look like when we're overwhelmed and we'll call each other out on it. And then to answer what I do, um, gosh, you know, some of the things that I think as I've grown older, the things that fill me up have changed a little bit. So there's two things that come up for me. The first one is I love food and I love to cook and I love to create food. So inserting any time in my day or in my weekend where I can cook a meal or create a recipe or get my son involved with me cooking, like that's something that always fills me up. I've also learned that when I'm traveling, um, it can get really, it can, it can, it can sometimes, I can sometimes feel really negative that I'm going from one place to the next and I'm working on the plane and I'm working in the hotel room and I'm getting room service and it feels very much like high performance work and it can easily get to a place where I haven't had enough recovery and it doesn't feel good. My work doesn't feel good. As much as I love my work, it doesn't feel good. But I've learned that One of the ways that I can really change the way I work is create some boundaries and rules about the way I travel for work. So for example, today I have rules around, I don't work on planes. My plane time is dedicated to, I save shows on Netflix that I want to watch, or I have music or podcasts that I'm really wanting to listen to. So I have that time set aside to do that. And then when I travel to different cities, I love donuts, so I always make a point to find to find the best donut store in the town. I try and find some of the best restaurants and go visit them. And so enjoy the food, enjoy the donuts. I get good sleep when I'm in my hotel room, so I really protect time around sleep. So that means a lot of preparation before I travel. But then I also do things like when I want to go get my nails done, I do that while I'm traveling so that when I'm home with my boys, I'm not saying, hey, I'm leaving to go do this thing for myself. Those are things that I've done. So my travel has really become quite enjoyable, even though I'm working. um, And I really look forward to it. So that's kind of two things, the cooking and the food, but also being really intentional about the way I work when I'm traveling so that I look forward to it. And I'm fueling myself and providing a sense of recovery while I'm out there working with my clients. Natalie, that is amazing. Both (laughs) things. I have to go back and talk about boundaries. Yes. One of the things that really springs out to me is how clear you are on your yeses and your nos and your triggers, right? And to me, that's all rooted in this understanding who you are, what you're good at, what your mission is, right? And and then you're able to go and be your best self um, both in your downtime and in your uptime and blending it a little bit. Those are yeah. such amazing tips. Wow. Yeah. I can and talk to you literally forever. Keep going. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm pulling. I'm pulling. I'm pulling for the people. I'm pulling for the people, Natalie. 
I feel the same way. And this boundaries conversation comes up a lot. And I would love to say, you know what? I just had to put in, I had to establish some boundaries and stick to them. And that's just really not the way it is. I think that over the years, I've become really, really aware of where I need boundaries, where I don't, and when I'm not respecting my boundaries. And so that awareness helps me shift quicker than I used to. But I don't feel like, I don't ever feel like I'm in a place that I did it. I set the boundaries and I'm good. It's constantly changing. And I think as aware as Rebecca and I and our team are around what we look like when we're overwhelmed and what our boundaries are, we do cross the boundaries probably at least once a week, but we call it out. And we say, listen, we had a person this week who said, um, I don't remember, I emailed her about something and she responded back and she said, here's where it is, but I'm hiking with my family in Colorado right now. So when I get back to my computer and we said, wait a minute, (laughs) wait a minute, stop responding. (laughs) So I think, you know, we're, we're all much more aware and we can shift really quick. And to be honest, boundaries are not always yes and no. There's a really big gray area in between that I really try and lean into, which is, you know, I need to say no to this to respect my boundary. No feels harsh. No feels hard right now. So instead, I'm going to say, I would love to do that. I would love to take that on. But I have to be honest, I'm really at my mental capacity right now. Is there a way that we could start looking at this in a week? Is there a way that we could look at this piece by piece instead of taking on a whole new client and a whole project? Is there a way that we could bring in some other people so that I can show up the way I want to? So there's kind of this gray area that I feel like I lean into more times than not, rather than saying, it's still saying yes and no, but it's not a direct no, I don't have the capacity for that now. It's a yes, I would actually love to do that. But let me tell you what's going on with me. <laughs> oh my God. So, so, so good. Maybe later. Maybe later. Yeah. Maybe yes. not now. Maybe later. Maybe yeah. later. Or maybe some of these other things I'm doing actually aren't that important right now. Let's talk about this. Maybe some of these things could be handed off to someone else so I can lean more into this. Um, that gray area is po- pretty powerful. <laughs> Love it. You know, and these are strategies I think that not only will contribute to the individual, but it does contribute to organizations. I think that it enables organizations to actually keep engaged individuals for so much longer than they ever could. I believe we live in a time where you actually can do multiple things um, if you take the time to be intentional about the things that you do, right? Um, because here I find myself back again, maybe with you know how people have talked to you. How are you doing that? How are you doing this, 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 this? Well, my answer at this moment is I purge. I think I shared with that with you once before. I purge periodically, but I also can name how everything that I'm investing in right now is contributing to um, self-actualization um, and also self-discovery um, and balancing me out. You know what I mean? Yes. Those things. And Chantra, and- even you just sharing that around how you are doing things and are able to do all the things you want to do, but also not doing some things because you purge, you get rid of things. I think that is so powerful because what I found in conversations, especially with other women, when they say things like, 
oh my gosh, you're so busy. How do you do it all? Their perception of what I'm doing is oftentimes not what's really happening. It's right on. (laughs) And so I could choose to let them continue believing that, or I can pause and say, well, let me tell you how I do it. You think I work all day, every day. Yeah. I do not. Yeah. I take lots of time off during the week. I take my kids to football. You might see me working on Sunday mornings. That's because I didn't work on Thursday and Friday. So I think people's perceptions sometimes are not really in alignment with what's happening. And it can be really helpful, especially for us women to clarify, let me tell you how I'm doing it. Let me tell you what I'm not doing so that I can do it this way. Let me tell you how what I'm saying and doing to make sure that I do have good energy for my clients and my kids. It's not being on all the time. I'll tell you that. <laughs> right but that's the unselfish offer, right? Yes. That's the reason that we're podcasting because I, I, you know, met you in a forum of some really phenomenal women um, where you spoke to us. And I was like, more people have to hear your message. Not a woman only message. I'm very aware of that. However, my passion um, that God has purposed on my heart is to extend and develop um, women and our interests for the things that we do, not just for ourselves, but quite frankly, for every being that we love with it looks like men and every everything else. So, um, man, we could keep going. I you know. We'll keep going. This is what you need to know. You're in You're in my all-star crew now. Got your number, hanging out. It's, it's just what's happening. But the podcast has to end. Um, are there any things, any final things that you might offer to um, a woman who is right now struggling, um, struggling with things that you and I have struggled with? Um, what is my purpose? Mm-hmm. I'm so busy right now with raising kids and beings and being a wife and a mom and all the things that I don't I don't even hear it anymore. I don't even feel it anymore. That happens. How would you how would you guide someone who finds themselves listening to this really kind of compacted and hoping to pull something out? What would be the couple things that they could do archaeologically for their life to maybe um, just take baby steps to get themselves back? I really I think one of the main things that that she could do. What we tend to do as humans, and especially as women, is we tend to really lean into the demands in our life, the frustrations, I feel overwhelmed, and we get in this mode of, I just take things as they're coming. I just go, next, 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 next. And at some point, we start to think, where am I? How did I get here? Is this even where I want to be? And one of the first baby steps in beginning to move in a new direction is to shift your focus. Instead of really focusing on all the things that are going wrong and all the things that I need to balance and all the responsibilities and how it feels so hard, begin to shift your focus to create that vision that I mentioned, which is, well, how do you actually want to show up? If you were to show up still for your kids, for your job, for your friends, for your spouse, If you were to show up in a way that feels good to you and in a way that makes you feel proud for your kids and for others, what in the world does that look like? Because I, what I found in my own journey personally, as well as in talking to other women and and people all over the world, 
is that we kind of intuitively have some stuff in our head about how we would like things to be, but we never spend time there. In other words, we never dig into that story and describe it and lean into it because what you visualize and where you put your energy is what happens in your life. And so if we can shift energy towards the vision of what we want, and I suggest very specifically, write it down. When you show up in a way that makes you proud, how do you lead? How do you communicate? How do you parent? How do you partner? How do you friend? How do you, you know, I'm a, I'm a creative person. It's one of my strengths. What does creativity look like for you when you're at your best, when everything is going wrong in your life? How are you responding to that when you're at your best? Mm -hmm. And I believe that is truly the first baby step in the direction of beginning to change things is put your focus on what you want. You know, bring awareness to what you don't want, but shift focus to what you want and then start telling other people about it. Then start writing more about it Then start thinking more about it. So it's not this big job or goal that's out there, but it's a shift in our, in our, in what we're thinking about, talking about and putting our energy into and anything in that vision that you begin to make steps towards, you're now on that path. You're now on that path to that destination of that person bubbling up. And what you find in that journey is what your boundaries are. What you find in that journey is where am I spending my time and energy that I don't need to be, that that is not worth it for me. What you find in there is your purge. (laughs) So that would be my recommendation. Girl, look, I just got to say this, write your vision for for you, my dear sister, whoever you are, that's listening anywhere in this world, write your vision, focus on what you want, tell others, write about it, think about it, shift, allow the shift to happen, get on that new path, reveal your boundaries, purge the things and be your new best self. You are amazing, Natalie Johnson. Rebecca Johnson, you're not here, but you are here with us because (laughs) I definitely feel the plus one that goes on with your partnership and your relationship and the vital work that you are doing. Where can folks find you on social media? I'm going to include a bunch of resources in podcast notes. So definitely, you know, everybody scroll, see all of that. But um, real quick, can they find you on Instagram? Can they find you on LinkedIn? Like, what are yep. the what are the quick socials? It's it's all we're on all of them. So when I say all of them, I say Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all of them are the same. Vital work, V I D L W O R K. And one other thing that I'll I'll leave for the notes is if people. Or organizations are thinking about where do I start? Like I'm I'm resonating with some of what Natalie's saying, where do I start? Um, I'm going to share with you a wheel. Our wheel represents those three areas, individual energy, team connection, and courageous leadership with just a couple prompting questions to get people thinking about where their biggest opportunity for improvement is and where they might start. Awesome. 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 Thank you. Enjoy Thank you. Saturday. You too. Thank you.